This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. So now let me ask you, let's go back to your high school. Yeah. Um, what happens now as these artists begin now? Now you're beginning to interact with local musicians. Yeah. How does that affect you now? I'll tell you how it affected me. Um, again, a lot of your previous guests on Playhouse can talk about it from their perspective as artists. I can tell you from my perspective as a consumer. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very born again Christian now, and of course we can't be listening to all the secular music. So I wouldn't. I, um, I, I remember oh, Five Alive have gone secular. They've gone from singing "My Hope Is in the Empty Grave" to "On Dio, On Dio, I Still Love You." Like, oh gosh, who do they love? They still love God, you know. So, <laughs> on the secular side of things, things are popping, but there was a restlessness happening within the church where. Come on, guys, man. If the music is going to be going onto all these heights on the secular aspect of things, what about the Christian aspect of things? And I didn't know that the rumbling had actually resulted in some music until, again, Jimmy Gathu tells us about this band called Heart. <laughs> and he actually world. interviewed them. He interviewed... Fact, Ted Josiah, Peter Dera, Sally Oyugi, the members of this group called Heart, who've done this song stuff. called Heavenly Party. Now realize these guys don't have a video. How are you telling us about musicians when you can't play the music? So we didn't really know the music. We had clips of them performing, but we knew that they were cool people. And then he played clips of that first video that they shot and were like, mm-hmm. again, what? In fact, the first place they got their video played was now on Jamadelic. Really? Yes. Ah, there you go. So I interviewed Peter Dera and he said, and also Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say the first video that was shot by Leo Family TV uh-huh. is the one who shot their first video. Wow. It got played. In fact, insert clip here. So then one of our good friends who had been doing things with Jack Odongo back in the day with commercials and ads is Jimmy Garthy. <laughs> How I met Jimmy Garthy was Kiboko, Ras, Rat, those gigs, those... um things that we're doing in the commercials and Jimmy and I become really tight we become friends and stuff so Jimmy gets a gig at KTN and so he invents all these programs then Jimmy says man I like what you guys are doing do you have a video no and about the same time Pascal says let's shoot a video tells his dad let's shoot a video for these guys convinces his dad to shoot a video next thing we have a video which you will see right here
amazing video. But let me ask, how many people had videos then? Okay, so <laughs> nobody else apart had from a music. Uh, other than, so even Five Alive, who start to blow up at that time, don't have a music video. People, it was just um, Jimmy Gathu, um, Eric Wainaina. No, Eric a, doesn't. At that time, Eric, Eric had a thing with uh, Slingerland as well. They did something, but for a campaign that they were doing. And then nobody, I mean, people just didn't have music video. Certainly no gospel group had a music video. Number one. Number two, they, they probably were people who had music videos, but they would not play on Jamadelic. So now we had a music, listen, if you got on Jamadelic, now first of all, Kenyans, there was no Kenyans played on Jamadelic. Yep. There were no Kenyans played on Jamadelic. We were the first, one of the first Kenyan groups ever to be played on KTN's program. One of the first ever. Secondly, we're the, certainly the first gospel group to have a music video on Jamadelic. And so, and please notice that right after we were playing Sandwich Between R. Kelly and um, Boys to Men. Boys to Men. So it's R. Kelly plays. Heart plays. Heart plays. So you can imagine three and a half minutes of the entire country's attention is fixed on this group. Exactly. We became larger than life. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that song gets actually, it's debuted on, on Jamadelic. Yes. But you see, they couldn't, they, they could do the Jamadelic but they usually say they had a half an hour. Exactly. So now they could now extend that content into an interview. So here is a song, and now here's an interview with the members of Heart. And we're like, wow. And sometime later, Jimmy Gathie is talking about, well, there's another gospel group, but these guys are straight out of Uganda, and they have a song called Solution. This, this group is called Limitex, and here's a clip of them performing their song Solution. This again was a camera put at the back of the room uh -huh. as we were performing. And I remember we hearing this song. Solution. Huh? Hey, solution. Listen to me. Solution. Uh, hey, solution. And, and, and I'm watching like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Several years ago, I met the man that I've been taught about in my Sunday school. See, I had many questions as a young man. But you know what? I have found Jesus to be my answer. Now me and my homeboys, Paul and Isaac, are going all over the world just talking about him. Here we go, come on. I got a big, big story that I want to talk about. It's a jigsaw puzzle. It'll make you scream and shout. Hey, you listen to the right men. Fix your mind and fix your life. Now tricks about the mix that I am fixing in my jam. You know, I'm a preacher in the business. Jesus Christ, he is my subject. And who's very saved was staying with us and says, Who are these? And I said, They're called Limitex, they're doing Christian music. And she's like, This is not Christian music. 
and I'm like, but mom, I mean, but auntie, it is. Now, I've, that live episode, that live performance of Solution yeah. ended with a, a break, like they're going to a break, a music break. Listen to me, Solution 2. Listen to me. And I'm like, wait, hold up, you guys, that's jam. And the oh. Ugandan crowd goes crazy. Oh my God. So they're not only just taking this song about Jesus is the solution, but then they add Elements. jam yes. to it. And then, by the way, and hold on, let me say that. Jam by Michael Jackson. Yeah, that song. I have something about that as well. I'll come to that. So the song comes to an end. And my aunt and I are watching. My aunt is disapproving. Like these are young people, baggy clothing, nini. The, the, the definition of the camera wasn't very high. It wasn't. It wasn't HD. It wasn't even SD. So we're not. We're seeing very blurry, yeah. not very clear images of a camera at the back. But you can see the camera shake because the audience is going crazy. And then at the end. Yeah, uh, one of the guys say, "Well, Limitex, Hallelujah!" And I'm like, "Auntie, Auntie, they said Hallelujah at the end. That does not mean anything. That is not Christian music." <laughs> so Jimmy was really on the pulse of what was cool at that point. Ah, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Limitex now, when they come with Malibongo, and I've seen you play the Malibongo clip, that came probably two years afterwards. In fact, you're the only one who's talked about Solution. Yeah, yeah, solution. Solution was their first jam. That's the one that we had first. This is the photographic memory, guys. <laughs> and it will probably saw it two or three times, and I can still remember it that way. So, um, a step aside from what Jimmy was doing, MTV wasn't a thing on KTN anymore. What they had on Saturday evenings was a show called Power Hits USA. Even on, even on, is, is Rick D's still also bumping on Capitol? No, Rick D's oh, came later I, on. I, okay, sir. Yeah, Rick D's came around like, no, actually, you're, you're right. Yes, Rick D's was jamming. Rick D's would jam on about 97, 98. But, but again, to be honest, I felt like there was a contrast in Rick D's that was a disconnect. It was because, white music. Exactly. Okay, let's call it what it is. Remember those guys? Um, bap, dam, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the kind of music they were playing. But then you know Metro was now playing stuff that you could play. Like if if someone was to turn up their radio and play for the neighborhood, they wouldn't play Capital FM music. Exactly. They'd probably play Metro FM music. But what would be playing at the offices or in shops and whatever was your Capital FM. So again, there was these layers of entertainment can exist on different levels. It can exist on the KBC level, KTN level. Metro FM level, Capital FM level. I hear that. Idaya Taifa, Kiswahili service. English service where you know that you're going to listen to Jeff Mwangemi and Sundown and all that. And all of these forms of entertainment could coexist. It wasn't about what's better or what's worse. It's like different material for different people. But let me say at this time also, you switched a lot of the station because Metro would play reggae. I'm not a fan of reggae, mm -hmm. but they play hip hop. I liked hip hop. Yes. Or they'd play R and B. I'd like. Yes. So you would know this is a time for switching the channel. Yeah, yeah. You'd know at this time. Let me listen to. Yeah. Like for example, on Capital, yeah. it's not homework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People like it's not homework. Exactly. Yeah. So let's. There's no time you switch to hits not homework. Yeah. At this time, let me not listen to radio. Let me now go to watch TV because yeah. there's this happening. Yeah, yeah. It's not like now when a radio station or a TV station wants to capture you for the whole day. And doesn't want you at NRG radio. Mm -hmm. NRG's aim is to capture you from morning to morning. Mm. You get? Are they succeeding? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say. I think there's too much option now in yeah, terms of in terms of internet difference. and things like that. Yeah. But as a demographic, they are talking to this demographic as a whole day. Yeah. 
You get that. But time. can you imagine that the amount of content that we thought that was blowing our mind then was the variety between two radio stations? Imagine. And that's it. But let me let me talk about I'll just continue with this whole thing about gospel. Yes. Um so Heart Heart shows up and we're like, oh that's pretty cool. Limitex shows up and we're like, that's pretty cool. Now I remember I was in form two when at the December holiday when we're about to go into form three. Uh, someone says we need to go to GT. And I'm like, GT, what's that? It's a church that has a concert at the KICC Amphitheater. And it's a concert by some young guys. Um, and we knew GT because of the pastor. GT was one of those, GT, Glory Tabernacle, was headed by a pastor called Wale Adien. I think that was mm-hmm. his second name. And Glory Tabernacle was cool. It was cool. Like, <laughs> like what we're told, like, this church is cool. Yeah. To set context, up until this point, there still wasn't much of a... a, um, a hip, urban, contemporary sound for gospel music. Mm-hmm. We were still very much Maranatha, Hosanna music, Ron Kenoli and Don Moen, a cappella. Hezekiah Walker later. Really. Yeah, that was a bit later on. It was at least here. Yeah. It was still very, very insular. There was a show on, on KTN called Shake. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were all about this movement of music called contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. And CCM was started by a bunch of white people who were like, yo, listen, um, if we're going to lose our kids to secular music, why don't we come up with a bunch of people who have sec- who have Christian music that sounds like secular music. So um, they'll take a genre of music, rock, rock and roll, rock. Okay, fine. Can we make Christian rock? Yes. We'll put that on the shoulders of a group called DC Talk. Ah, yeah, yeah, I get. And DC Talk does Jesus Walks. Uh, yeah. Je- not Jesus Walks, sorry. Um, that's Kanye West, homie. <laughs> yeah, that's Kanye West. Uh, uh, Jesus Freak. Yes. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, man, Jesus Freak. And they had artists like Michael W. Smith and Rebecca St. James and Jazz of Clay, uh-huh. DC Talk. CCM was an answer to secular. And when CCM started expanding, they went a little bit into hip hop, but they went into reggae, Rastafari. Yeah. No, Christafari. Christafari was like, okay, they will be the CCM equivalent of, of reggae music. And then this CCM movement started building, and then they showed the music gospel on. gangsters came through. Gospel gangsters were West Coast; they were still really small, okay, but but you. they did come through. People yeah. started really listening to gospel gangsters, and they're like, "Wait, gangster and gospel gangster rap was on top. West Coast was king now. Yeah, yeah. yeah you had you had you had Snoop's a Tupac, Dre and Dre. Snoop and Tupac and Death Row Records. Um, the hip, the, the 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 beef between East East Coast and West Coast was West Coast was now building up. So we never had about an association between gospel and gangster. Yeah, Christafari, Christ and Rastafari. What? What's going on? But everything changed when I tuned into Capital FM, and on I think it was Zane Vergie's show. Or Joe Tunis, you can remember the, they had Robert Warobi, they had Joe Tunis, they had Phil Matthews, they had uh, Zane Virgie, um, and then later on the new school was Akina Caroline Motoko, mm-hmm. uh, Pinky Gelani, um, Modoni Buika, 
man, it was wonderful. So they were like, yo, there's this song by an artist called Kirk Franklin and the family. It's called Stomp. And we hear this song and we're boom, 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 da, boom, boom, bam, bam, boom, boom. And he starts with, for those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you ain't heard nothing, nothing yet. yet. And if you don't know Glory Glory, so already like you think gospel music has gone too far. So is this an anti-gospel song? Then you hear Glory Glory and you hear I can remember Jesus, your love is so and so. He makes me wanna stomp. And we're like, what? And I think that is what broke the wall. There's been so much resistance about uh-huh. the church taking in, in gospel that- music that that Christian music that had elements of secular music like rock and rap. So Christian rock was starting to build with Shake and then Stomp comes out and then in the middle of that whole hype, hey, Mugash, there's a concert at this church called Glory Tabernacle. Let's go see it. Charges are like 30 bob or 50 bob, I can't remember. And, and, and dude, we're going back to school tomorrow, might as well do it. My cousin and I get into the amphitheater and we are hit by a wall of sound. Hit. Like, hit. We walked in and you're just hit by cheering. And it was, we're hearing, praise God, hutiamodu praise God, hutiamodu praise God, hutiamodu. And then in the middle it's like, I'm Big Kev, I'm Big Ted, this is rap community. Wow. <laughs> My cousin and I are looking at each other like, what in God's name is going on here? So it turns out there was this group of rappers, these guys, who were Christian rappers called Rap Community, uh-huh. who were being fronted by a church called Glory Tabernacle that was headed by a cool Nigerian pastor called Pastor Wale, that were doing songs where people would shout praise God in Hutiamodo. And these are lyrics that they wrote. Richie meant the feeling in that room. I had a curfew, I had to leave early. So I remember leaving at the point, like we were probably there for all of five to ten minutes. What? Just that's it? And the hype in there was fever pitch. Fever, like... I, I remember going back to school and going to back to see you and you're looking at everyone to see you and we're going there to sing, Blessed be the Lord, God Almighty. And I'm like, do you guys know what I'm saying? It's just not enough, man. Do you guys know what's happening? There's this dude called Kirk Franklin singing a song called Stomp that's playing on the secular stations. And then there's this group called Rap Community that's rapping. And Izo and whoever. But like everything has changed. The next holiday of now, April now, I'm in Form 3, um, I asked my dad for a bit of money and we went to a concert picnic that was being organized again by GT and Peter Dera. And that is where we got to see we got to see rap community and there was there, there was big kev big ted that's everyone remembers big ted and big kev mm. but there was a bunch of other people there was a dude called short circuit 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 his name was short circuit before skinny dude with red eyes light skin always looked angry and him he'd <laughs> rap in straight shame and his name was short circuit because he's there these guys all had names that were all about what they do to the kingdom. So aside from Big Kevin, Big Ted, who mm. I assume were sort of fashioning themselves after the Notorious, Short Circuit was like, I'm here to short circuit the devil's knee. Like, ni kama ni wire me in your short circuit. 
And they're like, okay. And what's your name? My name is Devil Crusher. Devil Crusher was a tall dude. I can't remember his real, uh, real name. There was a dude called Goalpost. There was a dude called Kijamarima. And then the female MC, MCLC. <laughs> and what? Look at all this cool stuff. And then they have a vocalist who sings, who comes on and sings um, uh, the hooks on some of their verses. What's her name? Her name is Wahoo. Oh, yeah. I seen you when your colors always pretty clear to me. Oh, yeah. Let me speak my piece. Let me show you how it be. Tell them. Tell them, Mr. Baby. Uh-huh. If you think you're going to yeah, get yeah, freaky yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. Dundali, dundala, dundala, dundali. We was doing uh, fine till uh, the day you uh, said to me. Speak you up at eight for a late dinner date. But you were thinking last not the food you on the plate. You know that's a Cause if you think we can have an any money more This way, please, let me see you to the door Understand me, baby, for you, I do give a hook But when it comes down to where you wanna knock my boots This the 411, let me tell you to the Oh my god, she's so cool And then they have another rapper who raps with them What's his name? His name is Aizo And who's the person now that's presenting all these guys to us And telling us, yo, this is the future Peter Dera It was wonderful by the end of 1997, the movement had grown so big that Peter Dera was re releasing an album and it was his debut album, Solo, mm -hmm. and this album was called Drastic. And the people who were organizing this show are like, nah, let's not make it a, a gospel CD launch. Let's make it a whole Christian this extravaganza. This was his debut album after Heart. After Heart, yes. yes. Because he had an album before Heart. He did have, yes. I'm yes. saying the solo debut album. Yeah. No, he had a solo album before Heart. And, did he? And then he I went and he did it with, with, with this guy, Jaco Dongo. Okay. And then now he went and joined Hat. Yeah. And then now, even a lot of people don't know, he only did it on tape. And apparently he recorded it mono. In fact, insert oh, clip here. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I, 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 I went to Jack and I said, Jack, can you produce my first project? And I don't even know what ended. I had no money to do this project. And so he told me what it would cost. So the entire project, was supposed to cost album and everything stuff he was gonna help me was gonna cost me 10k <laughs> that was like he's like doing me a favor there's 10 songs uh yeah eight songs or whatever it's gonna cost you 10k plus masters i said wow okay you need to understand it's not master cds it's master tape yes. a chrome tape that i could go and make copies and make tape. copy chrome tapes uh, make copy tapes from there. I learned the entire process from working with Jack Odongo. So there I was, and he said, okay, I'll do it. Take a chance on this kid who knows nothing. It's like 91? 1990. Oh, we're still in 1990, That was, I was just building up to the 1990. <laughs> and then now this was his, so this Drastic was his solo album, After Heart. So Drastic was, was launched I remember again, all, all of these things were happening just before I went back to school. So I've seen rap community for the first time just in December before I go back to from 3 in January. Uh -huh. And then I'm seeing this drastic concert happening on the... Ah, this is what they decided to do. Again, visionaries, dude. Visionaries. These, these guys, man. 
and, and and i want to tell you this we've not seen anything on this level even for a secular music gig for local musicians uh-huh. because by this point i think lost boys had come coolio had come i think they'd all come and performed yet shambarangs had come and performed kanabongoban had come and performed so we had all these big acts but we really had um i don't know a musician the one with a deep voice barry white had come by this point Hima Sekela would come every so often. So there were all these big international events by international artists, but we still didn't have a local event that had the sort of attention to detail that this did. So Drastic, the launch of Drastic became, and again, I don't know how I remember this, the show was called, it was a two-day Christian extravaganza at KCC called The Magical Christmas Thing. And I remember the ad because it was sponsored by Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola had the budgets. So Coca-Cola said, we're going to sponsor this and we're going to have our advertising and PR team jump on this. So they got primetime advertising on television. The magical Christian thing featuring ISO, rap community, and the launch of Pete Odera's um, first solo project, Drastic. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was just pictures and moving mini. And we're like, what? I remember I was in Shags. It was a Saturday and Sunday event. I was in Shags. And as we were reading the newspaper in Shags, what's on the front page of the of the newspaper? Of the newspaper. Pete Odera. And the caption read, Pete Odera at the magical Christmas thing backed by his dancer's heart and soul. This was Saturday. And I'm like, we have to be in Nairobi tomorrow. We have to be in Nairobi tomorrow. So I told my folks, please, I'm begging you. Give me 50 bob to go and watch this thing. And my dad, my dad, you know, he was like, hey, how much is it? 50 shillings. Uh-huh. And how much is the transport? Uh, 12 bob to and back from to South Sea. So I was given 70 bob to take care of everything. So I didn't have food. Nini, I was there. I couldn't buy drinks, anything. But we're there watching Peter Dera launching his album Drastic. And I couldn't afford to buy a tape then. I saved up money and bought it at the next holiday. And I'll never forget how angry he sounded. Pete Odera was not there to play with people at this point. I don't know what he went through before the release of that album. Maybe it's on his episode. Mm. But we never had an album where, or a song where, he was like, we're running out of time. Jesus is coming soon. We need to take drastic measures. And the words of the chorus was drastic measures. No time to lose. Drastic measures. I do what I got to do. And there was songs, the lyrics in that thing like, you know, drastic measures. Redeem me the time. Um, and, and there are many of you who are going to hell. And they're like, wait, you're buying an album and you're telling people you're going to hell. And like, what on earth is going on? So by the time I was clearing high school, not only was there a vibrant secular scene that was riding on the likes of Kenya, the first chapter, the second chapter, there was also a gospel scene that was not longer about Sicily, Sicily. And there was a time for that. It wasn't about It wasn't that. There was space for that. It wasn't even heart's level of coolness. No, 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 no. This is people who are saying, I am here and you're going to listen to me. Um, there was a song by a community called Kicking It Loud and Clear. We're kicking it loud and clear from here to there. Yeah, we're kicking it loud and clear. Ultimate truth, ultimate truth, yay! And these guys will be like, hype, yeah! And we're like, yes! 
because we're not saying that but what <laughs> we're soldiers of christ and we are cool man oh gosh it was amazing now this and there's a segue here the magical christmas thing the headliners were iso um pitodera rap community and of course iso because uh, yeah sorry to say iso yeah iso sorry iso rap community pitodera wahoo because wahoo was part of the whole collective and there was a lot of people hanging around rap community which was a group of like six or seven rappers but they used to call themselves a community even if they want mm. just a bunch of cool people and they had a cutting razor a dance group called cornerstone out of some church somewhere in Iceland i can't remember which one but they were like yo guys there's a group here called called cornerstone and they had to perform a song Cornerstone got up on that stage. We'd never seen it before where, you know, everyone would always look unsure what we're going to do. These guys went and stood on stage and they just waited for this song. And then we hear this beat. Tell me who, 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 tell me who's in the house. And they're doing this to move. JC, tell me who's in the house. And I'm like, what is going on? Again, every every new movement was like, what's happening? What's happening? So this dance group is doing a hip hop song that I've never heard of, called "Who's in the House." Turns out it was a song by Carmen, and Carmen, way before there was a Kirk Franklin, there was already a Carmen. Yep. This white dude. Yep. This white suburban middle class Bible Belt dude who was really passionate. I don't know where his origins were from, but he made a lot of music that crossed genres mm-hmm. and he made a lot of hip hop music as well That's come on so we're looking at this group and we're like cornerstone and one of my buddies in high school but, this, but so remember when i went to high school at the beginning of the year people still didn't know Kirk franklin they didn't know the yes. movement but the movement was now growing all the fights about can you rap in a christian record were sort of becoming obsolete and suddenly we're like this is where the music is going this is where it's at so by the time I was going back to high school um, for Form 4, now we knew that this music had gone mainstream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're like... Everyone knew Stomp. Everyone knew Stomp by this point. Yeah. Everyone knew Stomp by this point. And I remember asking my buddy, yo, you told me you met those guys of Cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they're really cool people. And I never thought I'd ever meet Cornerstone ever again. But I did. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. And I remember asking my buddy, yo, you told me you met those guys of Cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they're really cool people. And I never thought I'd ever meet Cornerstone ever again. But I did. So high school comes to an end. And everyone had that gap year of high school where you're waiting to get taken into a university. <laughs> and at that point, I decided, me and some friends of mine, we decided music is not where it's at anymore. I'd been part of a music group mm-hmm. up until the end of that called uh, Parcel of Love, P.O.L. We even had a sister group called OHMS in uh, on Her Majesty's on His Majesty's service in Pangani, and this whole thing of 
boy bands and boy groups linking up with girl groups and, and singing together at Christian unions was a thing. But we're starting to realize music is not where it's at anymore. We can't go and produce music of our own. We're tired of singing a cappella. We can maintain really high production value by simply dancing to a song as long as the sound is good and everyone shows up in a black t-shirt and blue jeans. That's we're it. Good. We're good. And sneakers. We'll dance. So by this point in my church, we danced to stop. Your church being where? St. Andrews. Uh-huh. I was going to St. Andrews at this point. St. Andrews was, you know, PCA church, taking a little long to catch up, but finally they were catching up. And by this point, the two churches, the three churches that were really taking pop culture, Christian pop culture forward, Nairobi Baptist Church, mm-hmm. Babo, Fortress, Nairobi Pentecostal Church, which is now Sitam, which is now Sitam, and Lighthouse Church. Oh, like tea, yeah? Like tea was already starting its upward climb there. And then, of course, there was all these, like, little movements. There was East, East African School of Theology. Uh-huh. They had their church there. Um, yeah, East. Yeah, yeah, what about, a lot what of about stuff. GT? Oh, and of course, GT. How do I forget GT? Yeah. And of course, GT. Yes, GT. GT started... GT was now the more urban, like, you guy, my guy type of entertainment, oh, yeah? yeah? Um, but you know, remember GT, GT was still sponsoring these dudes and then they went out on their own. Okay. Like rap community now didn't need the backing of GT anymore. So I they weren't church related. Uh-huh. And the reason why there was so much opposition against these guys was like, who's your pastor? What church do you go to? You know, mm-hmm. there were a bunch of people going to different churches who now were like, there's a collective of rappers. Yo, I know a guy, I know a guy, I know a guy, which is how a lot of hip hop groups started. I get. I know a guy. Yo, 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 want to do this rap thing. Do you know anyone? Yeah, I know someone. And a lot of them someone. were also, was it Langata based? Or no, not really. Uh, no, rap community was... All over the place. Right? Yeah, it was all over the place. Okay. GT had their main uh, uh, sanctuary at Railway Club. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's where, that, that's where GT came from. But now you had East. There's a lot of stuff coming from East. There's a lot of stuff coming from DC. Deliverance Church was also producing a lot of stuff. Once mm-hmm. the fights and the scoreboards stopped, DC Umo, I remember there was some good stuff coming out of mm-hmm. there as well. And then later on, youth ministries became a thing. Uh-huh. So Faith Evangelistic Ministry, which was owned by Bishop Wairimo, was huge. But then they were like, let's reach out to the youth. So the youth meetings began. So there was a youth arm of the Faith Evangelistic Ministry. I get. So this is the sort of... The, the, the genesis. This, 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 this yeah. is the environment we're leaving high school to get, high school to get into. Okay, okay, okay. So me and a bunch of my friends were like, yo, let's start a dance group. So because we had a um, singing collaboration between Changes and Pango with the group I was singing with, we're like, why don't we do the same for dance? So myself, my boy uh, Bugs, who's still one of my best friends to this day, another boy man called Paul uh, Okech, and another buddy of ours called John, Johnny Kiliko, joined a girl called Kanye, Kanye <coughs> Mwangi, a girl mm-hmm. called Sophie, a girl called Nelly, and another girl called Charity, I believe. And we started a group. A dance group and this dance group was called Sote. It was called Sote. Sote. S-O-T-E. <laughs> Salt of the Earth. <laughs> Yo! And what we were trying to do was dance. We just wanted to dance to cool stuff. So again you guys are from different churches? Different churches, different high schools. Okay. But because two of us were from St. Andrews and St. Andrews was pretty close to Tao, we'd meet at St. Andrews okay. and we'd rehearse there. Now at this particular point there was another dance group that used to use the St. Andrew's facilities to practice. They were always rehearsing for a pretty cool event called FNL, Friday Night Live. Mm-hmm. 
that was organized by a church called ICC, International Christian Center, Tofungomano House. This group was called Stompers. And we'd see them. Their leader was a lady called Mona, Mona Ombogo. And we're like, yeah, Mona Ombogo is one of the dancers. I can't remember the name of the leader. Kathleen, I think that was her name. And we're like, yo, man, Stompers are cool, man. We want to be as cool as they are. But Sote was really struggling. We struggled to find rehearsal time. Results were about to come out. Everyone was stressing out. Or we getting questions from our folks of what are you going to do with your lives. <laughs> Some of us were trying to get internships going. We were finding universities. It was tough. So we really weren't getting our feet off the ground. And we were watching Stompers and we were wanting to be like them. And then one of my members, one of the members is like, Hey, yo, listen, I bumped into a bunch of people. They were once called Cornerstone. Like there was a group called Cornerstone. And I was like, yeah, I remember Cornerstone. They danced to that song. Yeah. Tell me who's in the house, JC. And they were like, yeah, they're starting another group. And I just want to check out their rehearsals. And I'm and like, cool, that's all right. Go check them out. And what was happening at the same time as this was, this same group of people, we joined a ministry, faith evangelic, evangelistic ministry, mm -hmm. that was doing a theater play called Crucial Conflict. And by Easter, it was a, a play about the Easter story. Yes. About Jesus being Crucified. betrayed and the government system that led to the betrayal of Jesus. Okay. So it looked at the crucifixion of Jesus from the, the point of the betrayal perspective, yes, but also from the government, uh, the, the powers that be, mm -hmm. the, the pharisaical law at that point, the Romans, and this threat that this radical was presenting. And it was a pretty clever play because we never saw Jesus the whole time. The only time we saw Jesus was when he was on the cross, but you always had his voice. So you always were watching people react to the voice of Jesus and hear him say, say all these things. And there was lots of dance and what. That's so sharp. Again, production value-wise, it wasn't very high. Oh, seriously. But it was just a bunch of people coming together to put on this thing. So Crucial Conflict was when I met this bunch of people and were like, Yo, why didn't you start a dance group based out of this? And Sote became the dance group of that. Now, what I did not know was the choreographer of this play, because like I said, there was a lot of dance, was a dude called Oscar. And Oscar Ooh. was the leader of a group before called Cornerstone. So when one of the members was like, yo, Oscar is putting this group together that's a lot like Cornerstone, and I want to go check out what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine, yeah. So at that point, you always knew it as Oscar's group. So a bunch of our members defected and said yeah we're joining oscar's group now and i'm like yo you're gonna diss us like this i know we're struggling but you're joining oscar's group tell me more about oscar's group oh yeah oscar's group performs uh, uh meets in arboretum they rehearse every day and um and their dances are really really cool so I was like, okay, fine. This thing, this, this, these guys have—they've taken members from our group. You know, I feel bad about that, but you know, I want to go and watch them perform sometime. So they said, yeah, we have a performance. It's going to be happening at—I um, can't remember where it was. It was a little church thing, and we're like, yeah, let's go watch it. And that was the first time I heard of this dance group called All Over. Mm -hmm. All I over. See where we're going. <laughs> So Olova started by Oscar, who was formerly of Cornerstone and has taken a couple of Sote members. <laughs> we went and watched them perform and we were like, hold up, what? Now, this was a little tiny performance that was now followed up by a really large performance that had all the old school favorites. Aizo was there, Wahoo was there, 
rap community was there and we've conquered singing we've con conquered hip-hop but now here's a dance group now remember cornerstone was performing at the magical christmas thing two yes. years before they'd now become all over and oscar just went back to his old ninis and be like can i perform at your thing so this group comes out they have black branded t-shirts branded with the name all over running from bottom to top and they have these black cargo pants these baggy cargo pants with stri strips and stripes all over them and there's Kanye, <coughs> there's sophie and then there's a whole bunch of other people that i don't know and there's oscar who was choreographing this thing and the, the the play that we're doing with faith evangelist faith evangelistic ministry was not hip-hop weren't doing any hip-hop mm. then because you know it was still can we do it or not so here oscar was like now i want to do my thing i'm gonna do my music Oscar was dating a lady called Maeve. <clears throat> Maeve lived in the US. So because we didn't have cell phones then and email still wasn't a thing, Oscar and Maeve would have phone booth appointments. So they would email each other and say, email was still a very slow mm. medium. No one had a, we didn't have smartphones. Yeah. People didn't own laptops. So if you wanted to read your email, you would have cyber. to go to a cyber cafe and pay a little bit of money. And the Sabah Cafe could open an account for you and you paid your 30 bob and you browsed your emails and you replied to some of them. So Oscar and Maeve would have long conversations over a phone booth. The phone booths opposite near your house because that's where it was nice and quiet. And the internet was still becoming a thing and Oscar would send Maeve <coughs> lists of, these are the songs that I'd like. He'd go to gospelflavor.com, gospelcentric.com, godshiphop.com. There was a lot of christian centric you know like that was not gospel music but it was more of hip-hop urban mm -hmm. christian black music yeah and that's what he loved and that's what he danced to and that's how he chanced upon Carmen because Carmen sounded black but there was this uprising of really kirk franklin was very mainstream by yes, this point yes it was mainstream everyone knew kirk franklin but there's all these other groups that people didn't know and that's when gospel gangsters came out and that's when we had Winans phase two the sons of the Winans coming out and Maeve would send him these cds so these guys were dancing dockings and dockings wow, 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 and we'd be listening to wait i'm listening to a song you are the rock of my salvation and it's being done to techno and i've never heard this music before and Oscar comes out after all these other rappers have come out. Oscar comes out with Olova and they perform this, these, these three songs. I remember the three songs. Uh, Rock, which was a, a techno song. How Long, which was a, which was a very um, upbeat hip-hop song. Uh, very new Jack Swing type. Mm -hmm. And a song called uh, Son of God, Child of God. That was by Dawkins and Dawkins and they performed those three dance sequences and suddenly everyone was talking about this new group all over have you heard of these guys called all over now i was personally really discouraged because i was like all over is really popular but they've taken a lot of our members away and i remember asking can i come and just watch your rehearsals at at uh, Aboretum just that we as Sote can know what we're doing wrong <laughs> and how we can improve and I ask Oscar I meet him and I'm like oh Oscar you remember me from the play Yo, I'm trying to get this dance group off the ground I was hoping we can come and watch you guys rehearse so that you can sort of learn something or the other and just like come whenever 
so I'm pretty close to joining USIU by this point and What year is this? This is the year 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 99. So we've talked about Stomp coming out in 96. We've talked about this whole gospel music coming out and between 97 and 98 all the fights have happened but now contemporary gospel is now becoming a thing and all the genres that you find in secular music you can find them in gospel exactly. as well like it had really and Dawkins, some of the production was done by Rodney Jackins yes who at the same time is he's doing he's yeah doing uh, the, dark child dark yeah. child yeah um doing winans face too as well he did winans face too as yeah. well yeah so oscar is like yeah come anytime now remember how i talked about these really long conversations he'd have on the phone uh-huh Every so often he'd go to the post office and pick and pick about 10 or 15 CDs that were sent to him by his girlfriend who's now his wife. And these guys would be dancing to some music we'd never heard before. And one day out of the blue he says, "Dude, you've been coming to Aboretta my lord to watch what we're doing." So, Oliver is going on to the next level now and want to expand. And part of our expansion plan is to have core members but also have associate members. So this is my extension to you. Would you like to become an associate member of Olova? <laughs> Which means I know you're going to USIU now and I know you might not have enough time for rehearsals like these guys do, but show up for the rehearsals that you can, learn the dances that you can, and then at my discretion, we'll decide whether you can get on stage or not. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. So all of Sote was now absorbed and we became associate members of Olova. What? But something else that was happening at this exact time was there was some young DJ who'd just given his life to Jesus. And at this point the whole concept of a gospel DJ was still non-existent. <laughs> And he was like, "Listen, I'm a DJ. I've been playing secular music for as long as I can remember." Well, he'd been playing for a few years. And he's like, "I've given my life to Jesus. And now I need to play gospel music but I don't have a source. But then he had about this guy called Oscar who was the source of all this gospel music because every couple of months he'd receive a dozen to a couple dozen CDs of all the new music. So this dude shows up to rehearsal once and I shake his hand and he's like uh, and I'm like hey mugash and I'm like ah mose and I'm like cool. And as Olova continued growing we realized that we needed a DJ to go around with us to mix the music because our dance sequences are becoming longer and longer and we weren't restricting them to one song anymore. Mm-hmm. So from going to one choreography to one song we're like wait we can use this same choreography on 15 other songs. <laughs> so why don't we just have a DJ who play music and we'll call out to each other let's do this sequence and we'll do this sequence this sequence this sequence and then have We do yeah, leadership yeah, exercises yeah, yeah, yeah. where whoever was at the front we, we we became such a tight, tight machine that whoever was at the front would pick up one move and we knew oh that's the move we're doing and we you know do our moves like that <laughs> and that meant we could have a DJ playing from what we had was like 4 minutes and you could have a DJ playing for 15 minutes and the music wouldn't stop and this DJ was this young dude who had just gotten saved who wanted to become a gospel DJ and He had the design the skills and the equipment. Oscar had the music. So I'm like when why don't we start working together? Cool. So they started acting under Olova. 
with this young DJ who happened to be DJ Moz. <laughs> and that was the origin of DJ Moz. That's how DJ Moz got started. So, all over now so starts that, gaining popularity. Moz, Moz was a secular DJ. Because I, I, what guys may not know, and, and Moz, I will pick up my phone call. <laughs> I'm throwing, throwing shade right here. <laughs> um, Moz was a DJ at JK's. JK's was the club in West at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he said no to that. I think yeah. he DJed there maybe once or twice or three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I found Jesus. So you're saying in that time of finding Jesus, he didn't have the music. It's exactly he doesn't yeah. have the music. He didn't have the music. He's he like now I have all these secular music I can't listen to. There's no emotion tapes at this time. No, no emotion CDs. CDs were not. Emotion CDs would come about a year later. Exactly. Yeah. So the so the only place Moe's so you guys absorbing Moe's and him finding out this collection of music. Yeah. That's crazy. That's it. That's how it happened. Which is why a couple of years afterwards, or one or two years after that, um, DJ Moe's was like. Olova is playing all over and they're like, who's this DJ playing this music for you? Was that all gospel music? That was all Christian music. I've never heard those songs before. That's how I know they might be secular. But you're playing music that can go toe-to-toe with Ja Rule yes. at that point or um, 112. Like, whatever was hitting J-Lo. at that point, J-Lo. Like, we had stuff that could match that. And you'd still have people jamming. Who's that DJ? His name is DJ Moz. Okay, cool. Metro FM. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metro FM uh, yeah, yeah, approaches yeah. approaches DJ Moz. DJ Moz at this point is working with Oscar. Oscar now needs someone who can help with the organization aspect of things. And he was like, who would I reach out to to do that? Then we remember that there was this kid who was doing all the production. This kid, he was a young, he was a weird guy. And when I say kid, he was older than me, but yes. he was like 19, 20, he was probably 20 years old. Not more than 20 years old. Dressed up in a suit every time. And Faith Evangelistic Ministry, for which we're doing this play, Crucial Conflict, picked him and three other, two other people to be the directors of the play. But they were also the, the producers. They're the ones that would organize the rehearsal time. They're the ones that would do a lot of the coordination of transportation or this, that, or the other. This young man was called Jugush. <laughs> So suddenly there's this trifecta, these three people. You have the DJ, you have the presenter, dancer dude, and you have the organizer. Organizer. The logistics guy. The logistics guy. And they are like, yo, we don't have a name for this show. What are we gonna call the show? We'll call it Kubamba. And that's where Kubamba was born. Moz, I don't need you, you can stay. <laughs> that is insane. Okay, so Mugash. This thing is mind-blowing me and I want to still stick a bit to the dance because for me, I think I figured out the first time I ever met you through this conversation. So, I've known Mugash. I want, I want, your story has so many facets to it that I want us to sort of recap. Yeah. We've got you falling in love with acting. Yes. Um, E.T. E.T. memorable yeah. time. Then we've got you entering and music in terms of singing, choir mm-hmm. and all of these things. And then meeting all these cool people. Meeting all these musicians yeah. and doubling in that world. Yeah. Then now we've got Mugash the dancer. Yeah. <laughs> which which started because I got in a theater play because I really wanted to act. Exactly. Yeah, so so getting into this theater play when there were aspects of dance and choreography in it were like, this is actually pretty cool. And so have you acted at this time? 
crucial conflict was a play. Okay, it was okay, a street okay, play yeah, okay, that yeah, we're doing a bit of dancing for. So I'm doing a little bit of acting. So roles, uh, speaking, speaking. I had like probably two or three lines. Uh huh. So, so it's more so your dance that brought you it into was a this. Dance. Into it was the dance aspect above everything. And I remember saying to myself, ah, man, who needs acting when you can be a dancer? Wow. Let me show you the power of you guys. Um, I think 2000. I must say 2000 or 1999. Well, no, it's because it's 2000 because I just or 2001 because about that uni. Anyway, it was no 2000. Yeah, 2000. I go for this. I'm producing for a guy called. I'm producing music. I'm a producer and mm-hmm. I'm producing music for this group called Jahim. Mm-hmm. Jahim, the J in Jahim mm-hmm. is a guy called Jal. Oh wow. Now, Jal was in a group called Jahim and there were a lot of guys from Kilaleshwa. Yeah. So I've just finished, I'm waiting to go to university. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my gap year from Brebani yeah, to uni. Yeah. So gap be- years, man. So I know. So mm-hmm. because of this amazing it's my first time hanging around Christians, but I want to hang out with Jal just for the sake of having to just produce music. Mm-hmm. Because of hanging around these Christians, they drag me to this event mm-hmm. where Jal was going to. Perform. Perform. Mm-hmm. In fact, Jal and another guy called John Mark, who John Mark ended up being Giuliani's manager a bit like this. Yeah, I remember John Mark. And I go to this place now after Galeria. It's like a college, a university just after Galeria shopping uh-huh. mall and you drive on. Uh-huh. My dad takes me there very happy because now I'm falling in love with Jesus. Uh-huh. And takes me there. Anyway, I'm finding this such a boring Christian event. I just want to see Jal perform. Uh-huh. And then I hear. Mm-hmm. Los Candros de Pedro de Simón. And I see this guy dancing. Uh-huh. It's the first time uh-huh. that I decided, let me listen to gospel music. Uh-huh. That was now all over. Yes, yes, yes. That's all you guys who came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One and see. Um, unconditional. That's the song you're singing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That thing was so memorable for me that. Yes, it was it was crossing into the new year. It was yeah. I think 1999 to 2000. It was so memorable. I said I'm going to Nyayo Stadium. I know the exact thing you're talking about. You're talking about Nairobi 2000. I, I, at I don't KCCT. Know. What you're talking about is um, there was a convention, not a convention, like a three-day conference for young people called that Nairobi 2000. So many people. It, it was yeah, and it was crossing from 2000 to 2001. Mm-hmm. Because I remember the year 1999 crossing into 2000. And then here's another story here. But you guys, please bear with me. I just have all these stories. 99 into 2000 was the millennium. It was the millennium. Yes. Everyone was afraid of Y2K. <laughs> we didn't know if the, the, world, the world was going to shut down. Some people thought that the, the end of the world is coming. By this point, Kirk Franklin has released his next album, which was the New Nation Project, that had Revolution and Lean on Me. Uh-huh. Um, that thing crossed over into secular like crazy. I it didn't did. listen to gospel. Yeah, yeah. It's but crossed that's over, it crossed over more than stomped it. Yeah. Especially Lean on Me. Lean on because me. there he had R. Kelly. Mary J. Blige. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry I mentioned that name. Uh, he had Mary J. Blige. Bono. Bono. Mm-hmm. Crystal Lewis. Yes. The family was there. It was freaking amazing. Um, anyway, by this point, it has you know, uh, the year ninety, the year nineteen ninety nine is coming to an end. Uh-huh. Uh, by this point, I've joined campus. I've been three months in USIU. I'm doing a little bit of dancing with these cool guys called Olova, and uh, 
got enjoyed all over it. I was still visiting them a lot. And then we are performing. They decide for Nairobi 2000, they're going to start a youth choir, a mass youth choir. And this mass youth choir is going to perform some original music, but they're also going to sing alongside some of the bigger acts. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, my phone is ringing. Okay, you're on stage. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Ugas. First and foremost, I need to thank you for the history that you're presenting oh, to Kenyans. Yeah, I feel like it's up above. As, in, as, as I was explaining, I love how your story, you enter with your story and your experience and how you, you fit into that story. And then you give us a 360 landscape of what was happening and how the different pieces fit. Yeah, yeah. You get? <laughs> so it's like, it's like you are, you've got a third eye in that, in that room. Uh, it's, it's again your photographic memory. That, yeah, remembering yeah. A, lot, a lot of names, a lot of what was in, happening. In details, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, and at this time, we haven't even reached your movie directing. But no, at the no, same time, you're laying a foundation. Let, yeah. me just say, let me just say that you're laying a foundation, which for me is important so that guys understand. By the time you're hearing Mugash is directing a movie, yeah? and that, that is now in cinemas, that you need to go watch. <laughs> you get? Yeah. Uh, this is where it started from. Mm. It's been. Dude, years, mm. years in the making. <laughs> yeah, it has. Decades <laughs> in the making. Started at age five, and now you're in our late thirties. Okay, let's keep let's keep this story going okay. at at the pace that you're going. So you talked about going to watch this thing at KCCT, and what you had gone to see was the beginning of a couple of movements where churches were coming together from like mass evangelism, mass evangelistic. Um, drives like let's 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 win over to Christ people over to Christ as much as possible, and they were operating under this idea that Christianity is not boring. That's what you'd hear a lot of people say. Mm-hmm. Christianity is not boring. Christianity is not boring. You know, it's not boring anymore. Nice, cool, and funky, and hip, and then you can come and join and join a family and stop all those vices that you're involved in and go to heaven. You won't go to hell and you'll be cool. That was the movement, you know. That was what people were trying to go after. So churches were coming together to put together events that were actually of really high production value, but were overall very cool as well. Mm-hmm. And so no Christian event now could hata a DJ, even if it was just that one DJ. Yes. But so no, by, by most going out and becoming mainstream, then he started inspiring a lot of other young people, one of whom we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, so one of these events, one of these events was called Acquire the Fire. We're going into the new millennium. People are a bit worried about Y2K. People are wondering if the world is going to end. And a public, oh, ah, yes. And how do I forget? Of course, by this point, family media has launched. <laughs> so suddenly there's a broadcast medium that exists on radio and on TV that's really popular, that caters quite a bit to both people of an older generation and a younger generation through which a lot of information can be disseminated. Now if you can remember 
Baptist was the home of coolness. Nairobi Baptist Church. Yes. And Nairobi, Nairobi it's Baptist where Church. Where started. Yeah, that's where started. Life started. Life started there. So Bapo became the sort of center for the organization of Acquire the Fire. And that meant that this mass choir that was being put together would be rehearsing in Bapo. So I think I found out from a friend who goes to Bapo, how can we get involved in this choir? Now Bapo used to throw a lot of cool concerts. At the end of every year they had three consecutive concerts. There was the Light Concert, which was a young teens, there was the Gap concert, and there was another one, I can't remember which other. But Light and Gap, those are the two concerts that you never missed. Mm -hmm. Light introduced us to the talents of CK, who's a personal friend of mine, Carol Kyoko, and now produces films. So yes. we've sort of gone in the same direction. But it also introduced the talent of another dancer, who we didn't know was a singer. I'll tell you who that person was. When we were doing our rehearsal for the mass choir, for for Acquire the Fire, which was uh -huh. the big concert that was going to be thrown uh, at the Nairobi University grounds that was being co-sponsored by Family Media. And which, in my estimation, was one of the biggest Christian events I attended at, up until that point, because it was an open-air event. And the estimates of the number of people that showed up for that concert was about 5,000 people. It's at Nairobi grounds? Nairobi University grounds. Uh -huh, yeah. It's the first time I saw speakers being stacked on a crane. I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen speakers that big. Now, once again, the production value was not that big, but the intention behind it was huge. I remember equipment was going off every so often. A lot of rehearsals could still have been held that weren't held. It was a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. However, we were part of this mass choir. So, um, so speakers stacked, nini, nini, nini. Yes, and, few, then choir, and then this mass choir. And then this mass choir. And uh, and 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 this this person who had always imagined to be a dancer. Okay, so this is how the mass choir operated. They were going to select a couple. We were going to sing a lot of covers, mm -hmm. and then we're going to sing backup for a lot of the headlining acts. One of whom was Peter Dera. So he taught us the song "Revive Us, O Lord," cause us to see you again, revive our land. We loved that song, and. We were going to perform a song by New Direction called Who Do You Roll With? And they needed soloists for that. So Sarah Oyungu, who was a choir director, um, elder sister of Atemi Oyungu, uh, conducted a really quick audition to find who the lead singers would be for this song, Who Do You Roll With? And the, the person that she picked as the male vocalist was a friend of mine called Chris, Cristiano. And can't remember who she picked as the lady but I remember the person that came second because it came down to acclamation and the person that came second who also had a wonderful voice but who unfortunately didn't end up doing the solo was a girl called Sarah Mitaru <laughs> Sarah Mitaru didn't end up singing the solo yeah uh -huh. but that was the first time I saw her sing and I'm like wow I always knew her as a dancer because she was one of the cool dancer chicks Yes. In uh, in Bapo. And I, I believe that's when we met the first time. It was pretty cool, man. So we ended up doing Nairobi to the, uh, this Acquire the Fire. And then that led to an even bigger concert, which happened at Nairobi Stadium, which was called Nairobi 2000. And that's the one that you your friend called you to. Uh -huh. Yes. It started with a youth leader conference at KCCT and then went to Nairobi Stadium. 
my friend at that time being jal your friend being jal girl was in Amazing. slippers now he's uko flying around the world <laughs> and meeting and saying hi to bono like they are <laughs> like their voice <laughs> man yeah that's insane and and then a few months after that now i joined i actually joined all over as an associate member and learned the choreography and then this very adventurous two years i think two and a half years with all over happened and at this time you now officially move into university yeah I'm, I'm, so I'm, when, I'm did, in, when did you start university 99 99 of 1999 they, well it was technically the year 2000 okay yeah after acquire the fire that was my second semester okay mm. let's let's talk now about this season in in USIU because yes. it's another crazy season that it is. that that leads you into modeling into other things yeah <laughs> yeah we can talk about that okay <laughs> um so i join i join USIU we do acquire the fire um and I'd come off of this work that we're doing with Faith Evangelistic Ministry. Sota is now pretty much defunct because we've been absorbed in, into all over. And I remember at USIU wanting to really represent the gospel. That's what it was about. I was like I need to stand up and represent Jesus and I can't backslide and I'll do whatever it is that I can to hold on to the faith and still, you know, be a representative for Jesus. Like I don't know man like it sounds so strange because I, I haven't talked like this in so long so I'm like this is all strange <laughs> but it was at that point by about around April of of the year 2000 is when I joined Olova learned the choreography and now soon became a bona fide member of the group and it was at this point Olova was still pretty early but we were making such an impact you were the biggest Such dance group in the impact. country or even not saying the region gospel dance group in the region we were the biggest gospel but, dance but, group but actually no we were the biggest dance, dance group. group yes biggest most popular everybody who was anybody in the entertainment industry learned who Olover was because we were always showing up before a headlining act or after and if an artist was you know by the side they'd be watching and being like yo what's up with that who are these guys mm-hmm. now remember there was people like stompers who were doing who were dancing with um with ICC there was a lot of very strong church groups uh lighthouse church had city lights but none of them all of them were still affiliated to a church somehow love was not affiliated to any church mm-hmm. love was just a free running ministry on its own so we were able to play pretty much anywhere the first time i actually saw olova perform in a secular venue was at at Mr. and Mrs. USAU in 1999 which was my first Mr. and Mrs. USAU and Mr. and Mrs. USAU was the biggest event on the USAU calendar it was huge because it was a beauty pageant but it wasn't just that it was also a variety show that's when we got to see a lot of the new talent that was coming out of USAU there were open slots for performances so i remember going to Oscar and asking him yo dude would you be interested in performing at Mr. and Mrs. USAU and he was like sure what do they require Now think about it this way, Olova was still not as big as Mr. Yose, Mr. Misiosa at that point. Yeah. In fact, Yosa you would be doing Olova a favor to have them come and perform. Mhm. Um so he showed up for one day has so exposure. Yeah, it is that kind of thing, exposure. Um so he came for one um rehearsal and we attended the rehearsal together Oscar and I. And it was the first time I was watching a Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Miss Yosa you rehearsal and I'm like this is actually pretty cool, man. 
and everyone is coming on and putting putting on some pretty cool performances. Who knows? Maybe. Nah, never. So Lova ends up performing at the first Mr. and Miss Yes. And you being part of the I wasn't part of them. I didn't join them at this point. Okay. I just facilitated their performing at it. Okay. And actually, yes. I talked with the school, me there being my first, like first freshman semester. And talked to them and said, hey, there's these guys, this group of dancers, would you like them to come and perform? And they're like, yeah, we need to see them first because we've had dancers show up on this stage and they weren't very good. And so Oscar came up and did a really quick audition and it was very good. So soon they were performing. So by early 2000, now I'm part of Olova and we're playing everywhere. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Well, you keep mentioning Oscar. Is this the same Oscar who now is Sarakasi? No. No, this is the Oscar who went with... There's Ian. Yes. And... Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. and Ian were the two. Oscar... He used to go by the name Oscar B.A. by that point. Everyone knew him as Oscar B.A. And Ian Wainaina. Mm -hmm. Those are the two founding members. They both came from Cornerstone and then founded mm -hmm. Olova. Oscar does a lot of salsa now. Yeah, yeah, he's based in the US now. He does he's, he's a DJ, but he's also a, you know, professional dance instructor now. Okay. So a lot of a lot of um a lot of salsa ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Ian and Cuckoo who went to become Wairese dancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they also Cuckoo, formed was, a group was, on their own. Yes, was Cuckoo also in Olova? Yes, he was. Cuckoo was also in Olova. Yes, he was. I mean, Olova, Yani. So he you was. guys literally you are what I'd say heart was to to bathing a lot of other uh, explosion of the industry. Yes, a lot of all over went on to become um, dance people. Catherine, do you know, there was, there was, I don't know if there was ever a chick called Catherine who was in. I remember Kathy. 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 Yes, Kathy. Was she? No, she wasn't. She wasn't in. But she she was one of those that paved the way because mm -hmm. when when Hatton, when Peter Darren Hart and Soul were performing at the magical christmas thing where i saw cornerstone for the first time kathy was one of the members another member was brian judah ah. yeah brian judah was one of the members of heart and soul and these guys were doing a lot of cool dance really cool dance moves and it was still in retrospect it was very simple but we still hadn't seen bodies that. bodies moving that way in christian spaces okay, with such professionalism and grace and um, so, so, but you have more than one or two or three members who went out to pursue dance as a career. Yes, from from who from are, this from this all over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have as many people who contribute to the scene as you as rap community, for instance, because mm -hmm. rap community went from being musicians to being event organizers. Exactly. To, it's like yeah, you guys just owned the music industry, um, but or the events industry. But we were more of, we were very ministry-centric. Now, Oscar had been hanging out a lot with the members of rap community. And when there was a few falling out within rap community, or a lot of people going, leaving and becoming secular musicians. Manyaki. Uh, short circuit. Yeah, short became, became circuit. Yeah. And then released that song with Joel called Manyaki. Manyake, come up prices Manyake, 
itaji Okay, alright, ungejua mwanya case I'm chiks msawa, definitely not za mnyanye Mlojo, kikitembele ya wase This is what the current will say Jashe mwanyarele, jashe mwanyarele um, Oscar did, was determined that we wouldn't go in a similar direction, that mm-hmm. we wouldn't fall off the gospel path. So, so there was a lot of ministry to... Dance came second, ministry was first. I hear it. Yeah, ministry was the first thing. But unfortunately, when you start to get legalistic a certain way, everything can become a little bit militant. And this is the and mindset it couldn't last very long. I get now when you say this is a mindset that you sort of entered USIU with. Yes. All of us knew that we were part of an army, that it was battle. It was a battle of good versus evil. And secular was evil and gospel was good. And so we were, we could get a little bit militant, which in retrospect, I'm, de- I'm regretful about because, you know, we didn't go out and live. You know, we didn't, we didn't experience life. We were so busy where the army were winning people over to Christ. So, you know, by the time I was Halfway through my first year uh-huh. of uh, no, pretty much coming to my first year, of, at the end of first year of VSIU, uh, I was performing just as regularly as the next all over member, and we would gig a lot. We would have at least two or three gigs every weekend for about a year and a half. But during these gigs, we got to meet so many people. And it's like we had front row tickets to a lot of the movements that were start, that were st- that were continuing from what Audio Vault and them started. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I'll give you a few examples. Um, oh, and wait, before I do that, the other thing that was happening was we were seeing how Christian ministry was becoming bigger and more assertive and more. There was there seemed to be more and more ambition from the church as to how we can just keep winning people over and over you know christian music has become very mainstream now but i can tell you about a time when it wasn't i mean like this this whole thing about gospel being the mainstream thing that it is is very it's still quite new but when we were starting out gospel music was still that other thing that people didn't listen to and any gospel music that made it into the mainstream was more of the exception than the rule. Yep. Yeah. So among the things, among the places that we were able to perform... Did you do Beats of the Season? Yeah, we did Beats of the Season. That already is... Beats of the Season was huge. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about, for instance, when we... When Peter Dera... Peter Dera was releasing a worship project called Piercing the Veil. And we were the, we were the curtain raisers for that. Among the curtain raisers at that thing was a group that was based in California. A Kenyan group that was based in California. A four-man group that was led by this dude. And I'll never forget when this dude walked into the room. Oh my God, this guy came in with an air, with an aura, such a self-assured coolness about himself. And he had like a box cut and a little tuft of hair. And that was, there was a, that was a style then when people were growing out Small, their hair at the back. Ponytail. Yeah, so that they could grow it into a ponytail. And this guy was cool and he'd look everyone in the eye when he was talking to them. And he had this sort of, he, he, was, he had that Kenyan relatedness, but this sort of international like LA assuredness <laughs> to him. 
him and the three other dudes he walked into the room with and were like yo that is the dude kanji from milele and they're about to perform in kenya for the first time and that's the first time we saw them perform forever milele uh spending all my life and then with jc and sanjolama and piercing the veil and at the same time there was this other vocalist this young vocalist who had a song that sounded um, <clears throat> very big it was a big scale song uh, called Nakuitaji and her name was Henry Mutuku we had this version of the song and it was pretty cool but it's not the version that went mainstream because she went and did a, a remix and then that remix became the radio play single that everyone knows Henry Mutuku for and then after that Peter Dera came and performed Piercing the Veil and that was amazing. At the same time we were doing that there was another event called Star Search. The Man of Star Search that was organized by David Moravi and a few other people which I can't remember. And we registered to perform at this event and because there were so many of us uh, the, what what happened with Star Search was that they split into different categories. There was the music category, there was the R&B, there was the, the, the like main music category, then there was a river road music category, a dance category, an acrobatics category. And then after you were done with all those categories and you came together and you pitted all these guys against each other and they came up with one winner who would win some contract and a lot of celebrity attached things. So we were competing in the dance section of it. And we went in as two groups, Olminova and Ianova. So both of them were all over, but there were two aspects of the all over dance group. And I remember I was in Olminova. And Olminova won its first round, and Ianova came second. No, Ianova came third. The group that came second was an all girl dance group. Their name was Raider. And the name Raider was an uh, acronym of all the different, members, yes. different members. So my, again, my memory doesn't serve me correct. But I believe the two A's were Angela and Angela. Were they? I think so. The R was for Rabo. I don't know, remember what the D was for. I don't. But the three members of this group who we won't forget because they were also pretty big in the theater scene at this point. <laughs> was Angela Ndambuki, Angela Mwandanda, who's known to many as uh, Shinde. Shinde, and Debbie Asila. And then, oh yeah, so D, yeah, D. Debbie, Debbie Asila was the D. And then R was someone called Rabo, I think. Was it Rabo? I can't remember, I think it was Rabo. I, anyway, my memory doesn't serve me correct at that point. So, suddenly, here is another group, another dance group doing FYI, all secular you've just mentioned the members of tattoo yes oh yes of course <laughs> you can't leave that oh yeah yeah how, how do i forget <laughs> yes 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 because these girls now went from singing 
they, they were multifaceted like they were doing theater because that's where they met and they were doing dancing and then afterwards they went into music and that's why their star couldn't be touched because they were beautiful and they were very multi-talented and they were very friendly and it was wonderful so that's where we met them for the first time and suddenly we realized hey here this competition but anyway we went into the dance final Olminova ended up winning it and then when we went into the final we lost to another group a group of singers they're the other one that won the overall star search challenge and this group was called jawabu jawabu yeah <laughs> jawabu and that's the first time we had the song jawabu dance 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 Le gusta este lugar pequeño, barato, bonito, caliente, caluroso, bueno, con mamisa latino, española. Me gusta el ina, me preocupa ya va pues hasta luego, si comprendo por favor. Sé que esas que esas vienen en la fuga y yo señorita solamente adiós tiene mía. Baila, baila conmigo, ponte a gozar, me pongo yo gracias a soga. Of course, you know the rest. Aka Shaki and Ambrose. Yeah, Shaki and Ambrose. Yeah. Was it Shaki? Was it the other guy called Ambrose? No, no. I remember I, Shaki. Yeah, Shaki. Shaki. The other guy wasn't called Ambrose. Ambrose, called Ambrose. Ambrose. Ambrose was, was the was, producer. Was, yeah, the producer and Shaki's brother. Yeah. Um, but I want to throw you back now into USIU. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, oh. So now, so now. So by the point we're winning Star Search, or mm. by the point we had gotten to Star Search, we were pretty much well known all over. We'd performed at a lot of sorry about that um so by this point we'd been playing at a lot of events gospel secular events so within the christian circles we were very well known between the secular circles we were very well known uh we came this close to winning the title of, of star search but of course musicians had to win it because the winning prize was also fashioned around music and then um that's how we got the gig for bits of the season Beats of the season was without a doubt Kenya's biggest event. When I think about it, is that incorrect? No, it's not incorrect. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Beats of the season happened every year and it was a lot a lot of local acts completed with a big African act. Mm-hmm. And the big African act at this point was Awilo Longomba. Ooh. Now, Olova Beats of the season was organized by Susan Kibokosia. Was it? Yes. It wasn't David. I found I, I found that out now when when you were when I interviewed, interviewed her. So go watch the, go, go go check out that interview yeah, for sure. Um, you know, bits of the season was huge, dude. You knew bits of the season was coming. They received airplay. They were advertised on all the stations, even if the stations weren't that many. Um, they were on the newspapers, so you knew. And then Awilo Longomba was performing. I mean, that was huge, dude. The and, father of the Longombas. Yes. Sir. Uh, no, the uncle. The uncle of the, the uncle of the Longombas. Yes. So uh, we were rehearsing for the beats of the season gig, but every so often, what would happen was a few select members of Olova would be 
would be chosen to perform for other gigs. And so we heard that a couple of performers were going to be were, were going to be rehearsing and doing some choreography for a musician who was doing his homecoming gig. He had just released an album called Sour Sour. <laughs> and everyone knew him because he was a member of Five Alive. But he was now going solo. He'd gone to the Berkeley School of Music and now was coming back. Like he was making his huge comeback. And he was going to perform all this never had before material. The only solo song we knew him for that point at this point was Kenya Only. We didn't even know about Mwananchi Mzalendo or the Kiswahili Daima Mimi in Kenya, whatever you want to call it, the Kiswahili version of this song, no. Kenya Only. He was going to perform songs for the first time like Sawa Sawa, Kidogo, which were being heard for the very first time on the beats of the season stage. And his backup dancers were members of Oloa. That's the first time I met Eric Wainaina, and it was just a handshake of You were part hi. of the dancers? I wasn't part of the dancers, but we were all hanging out together. I get. So it was just a few select four dancers who went and performed for him. And then he came down and was like, thank you guys. And I was like, hi, my name is Kambi. Wow, this is pretty cool. Um, but come into your relationship with Eric, because <laughs> currently, right now, you do a we've lot been, with Eric. Yeah, we've been working quite a bit together. So um, after, he, hours, after, he, came up, after <laughs> he came up on stage, after he, he came up off of the stage, we had two dance, we had two performance sessions on the program. So he came off of the stage and then Olova went up. And Richie, it's the first time I went up on a stage and saw people as far as the eyes could see. As far as the eye could see, it was just people, people, people in parallel grounds. And it just stretched for as far as you could see, just lots and lots of people. It was wonderful. That was when Olova went truly mainstream. Truly mainstream. So by this point, I'm a bit of a celebrity at USIU because some people are like, yo, dude, I saw you at that gig. You're part of that dance group called Olova. We hardly ever see you on campus, but dude, I saw you at the club this weekend. And soon all of us are hunkering down and we're realizing, yo, we're becoming more and more popular. We're becoming more and more popular. And I think for Oscar, he was like, I remember what happened when rap community got more popular. So it's like everything just became even more. We hunkered down, we became more insulated. We were cutting ourselves up more from people. Things were becoming a little bit more militant within the ministry just so that none of us would fall mm -hmm. or bring shame to the ministry because that was the last thing that Oscar wanted. Ah, anyway. Our affiliation with church was still not very strong until we started being mentored by a pastor that had also come from uh, Glory Tabernacle GT. His name was Pastor Judah Kimanzi, who shares the last name with someone you've interviewed previously on this show. Gideon Kimanzi. Gidi Kimanzi is his younger brother. What? Yes. So his elder brother, Pastor Judah, became sort of like the patron pastor for Lova. And therefore that meant we were hanging out with a lot of people that went to his church. And it was at this point when I met a young man called Maxi, uh, Eric Kitao. And Maxi was a Maxi. sort of... Maxi. Maxi, like Maxi. Maxi. Yeah, that Maxi. Oh. Yeah, he was a good friend and sort of like protege of, uh, of Pastor J, Pastor Judah. And once when we're hanging outside after hours, I learned that Maxi works at a radio station, Nation FM. And the reason we knew this was because he granted us a couple of interviews as all over because we were organizing a concert. 
and the can- and the concert was called prepare for the what was that concert called prepare for the spillage oh gosh and i think about it i'm like what <laughs> this concert was called prepare for the spillage it was our first ever concert remember we'd been going around we were earning a little bit of fame by this point but we were still doing it by other people's standards we hadn't put on a concert of our own a dance concert so he helped us do a bit of promo for it the concert was a bit quite a success a lot of people came it was the first time that they'd ever come to attend a concert for which it was just dance there was not much singing there was any not, not much what you're doing is you're coming to watch dance so we had these extended choreography sessions some of which were going to last up to 45 minutes of non-stop dancing yo 45 minutes and the good thing with that was that we were able to take that very same material and we became performance juggernauts because event organizers found that you can actually keep a crowd engaged for 40 minutes with one act and that act is not going to sing a single word so we're getting sets as long as i mean even an, even performers like you know nameless who on the come up at that point or and we're going to come to this movement that was called ogopa bit later on even before then you still couldn't find an act uh, 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 it was hard to find a performer that to get up on that stage and perform for 45 minutes of music content but we could go and dance for a clean 45 minutes that was crazy so suddenly we're putting this concert together and Eric says I work at Nation FM I can help you do a bit of the promo for it I'll help you record a few promos and we'll put you in the classifieds and we'll get you a couple of interviews it was really cool and as we were doing this and as our media tour and media tours even then one really a thing as it started picking up speed um uh, one of my friends is like yo i can hook you up with an interview for with jimmy gathu who was now a radio host of it's not homework you know i interviewed joe kali and he said that and i was like jimmy gathu was once on it's not homework yes he was he was the host of it's not homework do you know who he took over from bob kyoko no way who was a member of five alive oh actually i remember bob kyoko bob kyoko was a radio presenter I remember Bokioko yes been a radio presenter but I didn't and know And then he moved to Nation <coughs> after that. Oh yes, he did. Yeah. Okay, so go on. So <coughs> we end up sorry, we end up on an interview with um with 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 Jimmy Gathu. At the same time Pinye sort of gives his life to Christ and so he says I'll start playing a bit of gospel music in my stuff. And there's a lot of Pinye. Big... Yeah, Pinye. Can I tell you something? You know, you remember Pinye was had a collective called the Scratchaholics. Yes. They had 3 hours, 4 hours on Nation FM. Yes. At the time when DJ Moz was doing Kubamba, DJ Pinye gave him a, a whole hour of gospel music on the Scratchaholics show. DJ Moz had a whole hour to himself on a DJ show run by one DJ for whom he was a collective. DJ Pinye and the Scratchaholics. Meaning, Moz without being a member of the Scratchaholics got more airtime than a lot of the Scratchaholics. That's insane. It's insane. That's insane. It's freaking insane. It's I've, freaking insane. I've known Pinye that for was, years. I've that was, never that was, known this story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. 
Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.